This is Igris, and this is a special episode in honor of Erev Tishabov. We're not saying it's an episode in honor of Tishabov, because of course, if it's an episode in honor of Tishabov, by the time Tishabov comes, we fully accept it'll be switched over to Sasim to Simcha, and the episode in honor of that will be how to uh, how to reconcile a base Amikdash, what to do in those situations. We'll deal with that tomorrow. But today, whether we like it or not, it's already Erev Tishabov. So we can very well justify doing one of the uh, one of the things I do every year on Tishabov. You know, every year on Tishabov, um, I take an advantage, I take the opportunity to review the things that are uncomfortable to learn during the year. When does a person sit down and review the halachas about shiva uh, so they can answer questions or, or have or, or know things about a shiva, about a velus? When do you read Eov? <laughs> when do you get around to these parts of the Torah? And the answer is that if there wasn't for a Tishabov, you'd never quite feel right doing it. This is a great day. I know it's not a day when you're supposed to learn Torah so much, but it is a wonderful day to cram in all of the topics that you don't want to learn during the year because you think that it sort of is a bad, uh, bad for the air around you. Uh, tomorrow is a great time for it. Uh, Tishabov is a wonderful time to learn uncomfortable parts of the Torah. Um, in that spirit, what I want to look at today is letters of Nichol Mavelim. Once again, the kind of thing that we don't normally learn during the year, but Tishabov gives us the opportunity to not feel so awkward about learning letters, approaches to Nichol Mavelim. And we have here two letters we're going to look at from the Rebbe today. And the reason why it's only two is because each letter, or at least the first letter, actually includes three letters. None of these letters are from the year Tavshin Lamed Gimel. This one is from Tavshin Tesvav. And the next one we're going to look at is, I don't even know if there's a year on it. It's not printed in Igris. I have no idea what year the second one was. Either way, they're both letters from the Rebbe. And that's why it's a special episode. The first letter comes with a little bit of an introduction. And the introduction is that in the winter of 1955, there was a Bacher, I believe it was, yeah, it have been a Bacher, named Yisrael Aryeh Dabruskin. Dabruskin, have you heard about him? Is this part of Chabad lore for you? It's unfortunate. It probably should be. The unfortunate reason that it's not part of Chabad lore is that it was uh, eclipsed a couple years later by a tarab, by a much larger scale disaster in Far Chabad. But in 1955, uh, this student came from Lud so that he could be a mashpia at the, uh, what do they call it, the vocational school in Kfar Chabad. He was supposed to be the mashpia there. And on his way in, some Arabs attacked the village. He hid in an orchard. They found him in an orchard and they murdered him in the orchard. They found his body in the orchard there. And uh, this sent a ripple through Kfar Chabad. A bunch of people were considering leaving the town. This was before the big disaster that would happen a couple years later. What, two or three years later, there'd be a terrorist attack on the school there. This was uh, this was about two years before that, a year and a half before that. Then the first letter that we're looking at here, this is the letter that the Rebbe wrote to Kfar Chabad or to some of the residents of Kfar Chabad in the immediate aftermath of the murder of this mashpia in an orchard. This is from the Ertavshin Tesvav, that would have been 1955, I believe. And he writes it, to the ones who dwell there, to the ones who have settled there. All those settling in Kfar Chabad, which is in the land of Israel, the Holy Land. The land which God's eyes are always on. From the beginning till the end of the year. I will just point out that the Rebbe is opening a letter about somebody being murdered in Eretz Yisrael by saying that this is a land that God's eyes are always on. The Rebbe um, is never afraid to confront these seeming contradictions head on. So right in the very top of the letter where we're trying to comfort people who are asking how could God let this happen, the Rebbe starts up by writing, God never stops watching the land of Israel, so he observed this happening. And, of course, let it happen to some regard. Question is how. Okay. Havaya Leam Yichyu. Shalom Beriboy Ubracha Beriboy. The Rebbe doesn't say Shalom Ubracha here. He says, Shalom Beriboy Ubracha Beriboy, a Lashem that I have never seen in one of the Rebbe's letters. That is uh, an incredible Shalom and incredible Bracha. The Rebbe writes, Nitzdartelish Mayasha Yishmi Bechem. 
So the Rebbe says, I was very pained to hear that there are some among you whose spirit has fallen. After the recent terrible events, may God avenge the blood of the, the blood that was spilled. And some of you are reconsidering your decision to live in Kfar Chabad, which is understandable, right? Kfar Chabad is supposed to be, uh, it's an Eretz Yisrael, it's supposed to be relatively safe. The Rebbe's bracha is supposed to be there, Amashpia gets murdered. People are thinking about leaving. So the Rebbe is writing to these people who are considering leaving. The Rebbe says about himself that he is a shliach of the rabbis. The Rebbe says, I therefore come to you as a shliach of the rabbeim to send you copies of pieces of the letters that our rabbeim wrote before the Rebbe. Rabbeim before the Rebbe wrote in response to people who had terrible things happen in their homes and who thought about leaving and how the rabbeim encouraged them to stay nonetheless. So the Rebbe is then going to print a letter from, a piece of a letter from the Alter Rebbe. He's going to print a piece of a letter from the Mitle Rebbe and a piece from the Tamach Tarek. And if you know these authors, you know the style of the Alter Rebbe, the style of the Mitle Rebbe, the style of the Tamach Tarek. One of the only amusing parts of these relatively somber letters is that they definitely mimic the personalities of the writers in that you have a very direct and to-the-point answer from the Alter Rebbe that's a little Kabbalistic. You have a page from the Mitle Rebbe unpacking it, and you have the Tamach Tzedek bringing it back to uh, bringing it back into uh, into the physical world. So um, let's read them. Let's read them without further ado. First, the Rebbe sends them a letter from the Alter Rebbe. I like the Lush, and I want to point it out. The Alter Rebbe is... Because he wrote Tanya, that makes him the Pesach in Nister, that makes him the final halachic decisor about Kabbalah. And Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch Adav, makes him the Pesach and final halachic decisor of Nigla. That is, Tanya is not just intro to Chassidus, Tanya is the Psak Din of Chassidus, the final line that makes him the official halachic decisor of all of the Nister of the terror that came before it. There was, before the before Chabad Chassidus, there was all sorts of Kabbalah out there, not just the Arizal's Kabbalah, but everybody's Kabbalah. And the Alter Rebbe, through writing Tanya, was making a final decision about these things. So he's a Pesach and Nistadotera from Tanya. Of course, that's not the point of our letter. Let's get to the point. Shemat V.P. Kadesh Elyon. The Alter Rebbe writes, I heard from Kadesh Elyon. Inish, that is something that people often say, that after a fire, people get rich. So my holy teachers taught me about the following phrase people say. I don't know if it has a source in Torah, but it's a common expression, that after a fire comes wealth. Why would that be? Because when it comes to the Midas Yenis Kadeshis, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, in their order, this is how it goes. The order of the Spirit is first kindness, then strict justice, and then mercy. For the Zeis. Therefore, Hashpan of this world comes in order. God does nice things, and then afterwards, God does things that seem angry or strict or fiery, and after that, God does merciful things. So the reason why people say all the time that after a fire, people get rich, is because after a fire, which represents Gvura, the next Midah that comes in sequence is the Midas Harachim in the Midah of Tiparis. So Miseret is Midas Harachim, that is the Din, is Miserer inspires a Midas Harachimim, mercy. She G'daylum Midas HaChesed, and this is actually even more powerful than kindness, Shebetchila, which, 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 HaChesed Shebetchila, more powerful than the kindness that existed at first. Because Tferes Rachmim is the attribute of Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov is the inheritance without any limitations, the central pole that can stretch from one end to the other. So what's the author saying? Gives a nice short answer for why you should stick it out after something bad happens. When something bad happens, this doesn't mean that it's a harbinger of more bad things that are going to happen. It means the opposite. When something bad happens, that means we're done with Midas Adin. 
And after Midas Adin, immediately comes the Midas Arachimim. The Midas Arachimim is even greater than the Midas Achesed that preceded the Midas Adin. So if somebody was having a pretty good time, and then Chas Hashem Le'aleinu, they have a pretty bad time, that would be Chesed and Givura. Now is not the time to cash out. Now is not time to toss in the chips, right? Because what's coming next is Midas Arachimim. What's coming next is mercy, which is going to be even more powerful than the Chesed, the Midas of Yaakov. So the Yaakov is telling this person after a fire to stick it out. And that's also going to be what the Mitla Rebbe says, except it's slightly more length, and with the Shaykhs to Tishabah. The Mitla Rebbe has a similar letter, and the Rebbe now brings the Mitla Rebbe's letter. If we were to just read the Alta Rebbe's letter into the situation the Rebbe is responding to for a moment, then the Rebbe is telling via the Alta Rebbe, the citizens of Kfar Chabad, you had it pretty good up until now. Unfortunately, there was a horrible attack and somebody was killed, and we saw Gvura. And after the Gvura, we're going to see Rachamim. Now is not the time to leave. Comes in the mitlid up. Basi lenachim levavam al edus asher neged ya asher nage yad Hashem. That the mitlid up writes that I'm coming to comfort the hearts of those people who God's hand uh, rose up against. Notice again that the rebbeim are not shy about saying that God is involved and God is doing these things, and that our job is to comfort people. We don't say where was God. We don't say uh, we don't say God looked away, and we don't say that uh, that some things are natural and these are circumstances. Don't get God involved in this. The rebbeim in each of these letters. Open their letters by saying, this is God's hand that did this, and I'm here to comfort you. Don't be upset. Or don't, don't let your heart fall. I'm being a little cavalier with that translation. Because certainly what's going to happen next after this disaster is that God is going to show his great kindness and his great mercy. He doesn't say what happened exactly, but it'll be a Tesevis Bracha. Given what happened, there'll be more blessings. So first of all, the Mitlidev is changing what the Altadev said here a little bit. The Altadev's line was that you get pure din and following that you get Rachmim. He says, first of all, let's go back to the din. Even the din itself, even the terrible thing itself, has chesed hidden inside of it. Therefore, everything that God does is good. Because nothing bad comes from on high. So yeah, God did this horrible thing. We don't know what it was, but God did this. God did this and it was good, but the good is very hidden. So we're upset about it. So we need Nicham Avelim. This is the Mitlidev's approach to Nicham Avelim, is that something came from God. It feels bad, but inside there's something good because bad doesn't come from heaven. It says, therefore, we make a bracha on evil the same way we make a bracha on good. Because inside the evil, there's good. Inside the din, there's there's chesed. The colors Midas Adin, and then now he adds the Altadev's part. When the Midas Adin is all finished, Sham Davki, then you'll find the love that was hidden inside of it all along. So it's when the din runs out, you get to see what's powering it. This isn't the Rachim, this is the Chesed that was above the din. This is the kindness that is in the strict, the strict justice. Just like the mashal of a father who punishes his son, he will then, he clothes his love for his son in the punishment that he gives the child. He punishes the child because he loves him, and the clothing for that love is the punishment. Immediately after he's done punishing him, what does the father do when the punishment's over? He then shows his great love for the child, and his mercy on the child, and then gives him nice things. I know how this works. I have a, my, my youngest one, we're just now starting to discipline him a little bit. You know, he's like, well, not my youngest youngest. He's a baby, like a, like a three month old. I mean, the, the two year old, we're starting to discipline. He's starting to understand enough that we need to. And, uh, and I'll, 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 I'll get in his face or say something loud. I'll make him upset. And then afterwards I give him a big hug and calm him down because the whole point was to make it was the lesson. That was me hiding my love. I'm not actually angry. So that's what he's saying here. God does too, is God sometimes hurts us. But inside the hurt is a love, and immediately after the hurt is done comes the revealed love. All those, all, all those honorifics. says, I heard this from my father, the Altarebbe, when it comes to the curses in the Teresh, that they will be switched over to 
How do you switch curses into blessings? Because inside the curses were blessings all along. And when the curses get dried up, all that's left is the blessing. And you will see these blessings revealed after the lavush, after the garment of negativity is dried up. This is what it means in the Pasuk. I've switched their mourning to joy. This is their mourning. Against the in Just like on Tishabav, where God sent his hand out against, or the enemy sent their hands out against Yerushalayim and destroyed the Besamekdash. In that day, Tishabav will be turned into Sasan, a day of joy. In a day of revelation of light. And that is the incredible Chesed that's already hidden in the day of Tishabav will be will be just like the first day of Pesach, which is at chesed atzmi, fundamental chesed. What he's saying here is that it's not as we normally understand it. The way we normally understand bad days like Tishabav is that God's going to take a very bad day and turn it into a very good day. The Mitlidev is saying that's not actually what's happening. Inside the bad day is a good day. What's powering the bad day, what's powering Tishabav, the worst day on our calendar, is pure chesed. The problem is that it's malubish. It's hiding in a garment of negativity. One day, that negativity will be used up, hopefully this Tishabav. And when that garment is removed, it's not that God will have to take something and change its Matthias. It's that when the clothing is taken off Tishabav, what you have underneath is the first day of Pesach. You have pure kindness. Kemavura, Dabrzev, Mechtavim, Barichos, the Amit Lerabe says, is explained in many letters at length. V'alkin, Amarti, Derech, Eitzah, Shalei, Nochen, Bein, Ayesha, Allah, B'dayas, K'bedayas, K'tats, Anoshim, he doesn't say from where. So that anyway, I'm saying that it's not a good idea for you to leave your location where something bad happened. Probably a pogrom or something, given the time of uh, given the time in history. He says, because I believe God has specifically ordered a bracha to come to you in that place, and that you just have to wait, because now that the gevur is over, it's time to see the rachim. He has a couple other lines here that you can read on your own time, where he gives comfort and encourages them to stay. We have the third letter that the Rebbe brings. So now we have, what, two, two letters from the Rebbe to the residents of Farchabad after a disaster. We have the Alta Rebbe saying that hang on tight because after Gevura comes, comes Rachamim, which is stronger than even Chesed. And the Midlar Abu does it a little differently. He's not saying hang on because after Gevura comes Rachamim. He's saying hang on because when the Gevura dries up, you see what was really in the Gevura all along, which is a Chesed Rachamim. A little different, or maybe it's just explaining what the Alta Rebbe says, and we just have the Alta Rebbe Kitzer. Hard to know. We also have the Admir Tamach Tzedek. Finally, this is our last one that Rebbe brings to Kfar Chabad, and this is from the Tamach Tzedek. I heard what you've told me. I've received your letter. I'm going to give a copy, he says, of the Alta Rebbe's letter. Mizuravitz. Mizuravitz was his name. Okay, anyway, he says, I'm going to, so the Tzavach Tzedek says, I'm writing to you to comfort you, and I'm going to copy a letter from the Alter Rebbe, and it's going to be the letter we just read. So just, if you're keeping track of this, the Rebbe is copying a letter from the Tzavach Tzedek, who copies a letter from the Alter Rebbe to comfort somebody else in the letter from the Rebbe, where he already copied the letter of the Alter Rebbe. If you can keep track of that, good job. So this is the exact same letter that we just read from the Alter Rebbe. The Tzavach Tzedek copies it and tells us the Alter Rebbe's letter, Based on this letter from the Altareba, I am encouraging this individual who has suffered to rebuild his house in its proper place. 
He says, I'm also encouraging your neighbors to help you get back on your feet. Because the merit of the masses is greater than the merit of the individual. This reminds me of the Hechalts we've been talking about a week. That uh, also helps raise up great mercies. This will help raise up the Horn, scion, I don't know, however you want to translate it in your arts scroll. Therefore, you shall strengthen each other and help each other. God will give you strength to do acts of valor. He'll bless you with all good. There we have the Tzemach letter, where he essentially quotes the Al-Tarebbe and says, based on the Al-Tarebbe, the conclusion that he draws is that people after a disaster happens need to rebuild and need to get help in their rebuilding because the more people who help each other rebuild, the more there's a school sarab and the merit of the masses. And when the masses all get together, there's even more mercy in the world. Finally, the Rebbe writes in his own words, the Rebbe says, the words of the Tzadikim, they last forever and they do their job. So the Rebbe himself adds very little to this. The Rebbe himself says, I heard that some of you are considering leaving after this disaster. I'm copying three letters. And he says, the letters speak for themselves and stand forever. God should bless every single one of you. Among the Jewish people, that all the things that are you hear in these Kisve Kedish should be fulfilled. That is all the mercy that the Rebbe promised will come, should come. The Rebbe says, I'm waiting to hear good news. And in his PS, he gives them the sources where he can find these letters. So we have three letters from Arabeim telling people what to do in a disaster, and also as an act of Nichom Avelim. What we see from these three letters is the Alter Rebbe says that after Din comes Tferes, after Gvura, after a fire, after a terrible thing comes Rachim from the Mitle Rebbe. We saw inside the terrible thing is a good thing just waiting to be revealed when the Lavush of the bad thing dries up. And in the Tamach Tzedek, we said from the Alter Rebbe, we see that when we do rebuild after something negative happens, we should get our friends involved because Chos Rabim helps with things. I do want to, although we don't have that much time left, look at a it's become famous. It wasn't famous once, but this letter's been making the rounds. I assume some of you have seen it already, but I don't know if any of you have seen it in the original. This is the original letter. This is the letter that the Rebbe wrote to somebody who had a Achnasa Sefer Terah in their house, and the uh, and during the Achnasa Sefer Terah, a young woman died in the middle of the ceremony at the Achnasa Sefer Terah. And the Shliach, who was running this Achnasa Sefer Terah, wrote to the Rebbe with three questions. His first question was, how is it possible that this terrible thing happened uh, that, it, around a Sefer Terah. What's the Shaykhaz? We were doing Achnas to Sefer Terah. We were doing a mitzvah. How does a bad thing happen to somebody in the middle of doing a mitzvah? This woman came to celebrate a Terah being added to the shul and now she's not alive anymore. His second question was, should they maybe not bring the Terah into the shul because of what happened? Maybe this is a sign from heaven. You know, I, I can take a hint. If I bring a Terah into a room and somebody drops dead, maybe the Terah doesn't belong in this room. Maybe we shouldn't have the Terah. Maybe the Terah is possible. He wants to know, is there anything wrong with the Terah? And point number three, how should he, should he be taking it personally? Is this because of something he did? What does this have to do with the with the shliach, the person running the uh, the person running the event? So the Rebbe writes back to each of his points one by one. To his first point is the longest answer. His first point is how can in the middle of Achnasa Sefer Terah a disaster happen? And the Rebbe writes. First answer, it's a wonder that we understand anything, and certainly a creation who is limited cannot possibly understand the creator who is infinite. We don't we don't begin to understand. We don't even understand a little bit of it. The, uh, the little bit that we do understand is only because God himself wants us to inquire, but the truth is we don't have the capacity to understand any of God, and the little bit we understand is already a bit of a chiddush. 
Point number two. So the Rebbe says, point number two, evil never comes from Terah and Mitzvahs, doesn't come from a Sefer Terah either, including your Sefer Terah. The only thing that Terah and Mitzvahs can do is prevent evil from happening. They cannot cause evil. Good is the only result from Mitzvahs. Point three. For every single person, the amount of time they have to live is fixed on this earth. Only by particularly vigorous actions. Can you extend your life? Or shorten it, God forbid, by doing a very big sin. So a person has a limited amount of time in this world, and there's not much that can be done to change it except for very vigorous actions. Four, the Rebbe says, based on all of this, I'd like to introduce a possibility. Had you not invited this woman to the Sefer Terah party, she would have had this heart attack of hers, I think it was a heart attack, in some other place entirely. But she might have died in a street, in the house of a guy. She would have, in any case, been around strangers. She wouldn't have been around a doctor who she knows who's religious. In the final moment, she wouldn't have heard words of encouragement. She wouldn't have seen the faces of the Jewish people and the people that she loves. Can you possibly measure, the Rebbe says, point one. Can you possibly measure the difference between these two possibilities? And two, how much it meant to this woman in her final moments that this was the way that she, this was the way that her life ended in a situation of Azman of Matan Terah. So the Rebbe says, to oversummarize everything we just said in these first four points, he says, we know for sure that we don't understand God, and we also know that no bad can come from Terah. We also know that a person's life has a hard deadline in most cases, which the Rebbe says, therefore, she was going to die at this moment anyway, and the question was where she was going to be, and there's an incredible merit for her, and an incredible opportunity for her, that she had the that she had the good fortune to die in under the best circumstances that one can die. Dying's never great. But if she was going to go, going in a place where she had friends who loved her, people who she knew, words of encouragement, and a simcha of the Terah being received at that moment, was certainly the best possible way out. So that's his answer to the question number one, is uh, how can something like this have happened? The Rebbe says, Al-Piter of Al-Shem, if he adds, Efshir, Dech, at a time of mitim, she'eru min ashmaim, esmar zayin, she'echia, l'nadav sefer terah v'chula. The Rebbe says, it might be the whole reason why this rich guy donated the sefer terah to your Chabad house, was that heaven arranged that this woman in her final moments would be by Achnaz sefer terah, that God inspired somebody to donate a terah, and inspired a sefer to write a terah, and put all those pieces together, just to give shalva pnimis, l'vayis Yehudi, just to ensure that this woman in her final moments was in a Jewish home that had a mezuzah on the door with peace of mind and that that was the whole reason the terror came about in the first place that's the Rebbe's first answer in answer to the second question i guess it's kind of obvious now the second question was should i get rid of the safer terror Obviously not. So the Rebbe says, as far as the Sefer Terah goes, no, bring it to the Shul, but I want you to wait until the Shleishim of this woman's done, even if you officially do it even later. I want an official ceremony around her Shleishim, because the Rebbe feels that this woman's death was particularly tied to this Sefer Terah, that this Sefer Terah might have been created in the first place to help her. So it makes a little bit of sense that the Rebbe wants even the actual submission of the Sefer Terah into the Aron Kedish to be at the end of her Shleishim. In the final section, he says, He says, As for your role in all of this, you and your wife were had incredible merits as being the shluchim who arranged this whole thing. Because you got the merit without doing anything on your own part. You didn't put in any effort. Nonetheless, you were given the incredible merit of to ease the final moments of somebody who was suffering and who was dying. And two, the top of to be involved in to be involved in helping somebody, uh, helping somebody who's not alive anymore to be buried properly. 
ambulance, at least until the ambulance came, you were in charge of watching her. The greatness of this idea is certainly understood. He says that the Kayan Gadol on Kedesh HaKadosh and Yom Kippur was obligated to leave for such a mitzvah. And this mitzvah came to your hand for free. So as far as your shaykhs to this thing, you had an incredible merit. Uh, and which is obviously not the answer this person was expecting. Your merit was incredible, and you got to do an incredible mitzvah. And the Rebbe then says... Deadline. So, huh? You're on the deadline. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. We're talking about very sad things. This woman All died. Right. Not to say for terror. We're okay. Just making sure. Our merits are tied to specific obligations. The Rebbe's final note. Since you had this great merit, you now also have an obligation. That is, I'm sure there's people in your shul and in your community who are saying otherwise. They're saying that this wasn't a good thing. This was a bad thing. This is a bad sign. People see bad things happen and they like to immediately say, okay, this disaster happened. Must be it's a it's a kapeda. Must be it's a problem with the community. Must be that everybody's doing this aveda, that aveda. There's people who like to point fingers and make noise. So the Rebbe says, since you had the great merit of being the person through which this great mitzvah occurred, it is also your obligation to explain this negative occurrence in its true way, not to give it a spin, but to tell the truth about it. The truth about it is that it was all with incredible ashkacha pratis, but even nif law. And of course, I think that Rebbe is passing that obligation on to any of us who merit to see the divine hand in something that other people don't, to explain the great merit and to explain the great hashkacha pratis in every single thing, including going back to the Mitle Rebbe's letter, Tisha B'Av itself. The Tisha B'Av itself is a day that will be turned into Sassan and Simcha, a day that's going to be transformed. A day that we already call a maid. It's just a maid that uh, hasn't been transformed quite yet already by this Tisha B'Av. We should see its transformation. And once again, not a transformation, because as the Mitle Rebbe says, it doesn't change its Metzias. A revelation of what it really is. The Tisha B'Av underneath the surface really is a maid. And that's something that we should see already uh, within the next couple hours. Thank you all very much.